seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 21 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and it was certainly no sleep till Brooklyn on November 21st and 22nd, because if you were like me and pulling double duty both nights, getting on the train well after midnight and not getting home until after one o'clock, sleep really didn't come in abundance, but man, oh man, was it worth it, because St. John's treated you to some memories as they hoist the Empire City Classic Tournament Trophy knocking off temple and beating syracuse in overtime my goodness what a fun start to the week it was and so those of you that have been listening to the game recaps you heard kevin Connolly and i discuss that this team was starting to develop an identity as one that goes into halftime and regroups and simply finds a way well that trend if you want to call it that continued in a different borough on Monday and Tuesday. St. John's improves to 6-0. The first time they are 6-0 since the 2018-2019 season and are now the Empire City Classic champions. They played two games in two days, and if you throw in the Nebraska game, that's three games in six days, and they all followed similar scripts. They were down. Mike Anderson was forced to take his guys into the locker room, make big second-half adjustments, and not only did he make them, but St. John's executed said adjustments and won each of those games. Remember, St. John's was down seven at halftime to Nebraska. They found themselves down 25-12 in the first half of the Temple game, down by two with a minute 35 to go to the Owls, and they were down by 10 in the first half against Syracuse. It took them until the 12-minute mark in the second half just to get over that hump of being down by less than six points. This team is tough. This team is gritty. This team is finding a way to win. And so what I'm about to say was originally in my notes for the Temple game, but now it's fitting for the Syracuse game as well. Johnny fans who have been around and have been watching this team lately for 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30, 40, 50. How many times, especially in recent years, has St. John's been in that type of close game like they were against Temple, like they were against Syracuse, only to lose, only to turn the ball over with seconds left, whether a ball goes off a player's foot, knee, hand, the other team getting a foul call and going to the line, winning the game? How many times has that happened to St. John's? Isn't it nice that for once we're on the other side of that? We were the gritty team. And you didn't get bailed out on a crazy foul call or anything. No, you fought. You were tough. You found a way to win. You made the adjustments. And St. John's wins back-to-back games against Temple and Syracuse and is your Empire City champions. This team has something going for it right now. This team is gritty. Grit. There's toughness here. There's togetherness here. And there's a team that is playing for themselves, playing for each other. And right now, yesterday, they played for this city, and they reminded Syracuse one more time 
Who is the king of New York? Who is New York's team? It's St. John's. It's not Syracuse. Four in a row that makes it for St. John's. But we're going to get to the Syracuse game in a little bit. Let's first start with the Temple Owls. The outcome of the game was great. You know, St. John's makes the adjustments at halftime, gets the win. But this game started out like all the other ones. Slow. St. John's was dreadful before you knew it it was 25 to 12 and temple had the lead st john's is 0 of 5 from deep you're playing in a different arena you're not super familiar with and at 731 there's a timeout i look up at the stands i look up into the the jumbotron to look at stats five of nine from the floor six turnovers we are missing layups upon layups balls are going off the side of the rim the back iron There was so much frustration in the crowd amongst the players, and all of a sudden, something flips. St. John's goes on a 20-5 run to end the half. The Andre Curbelo experience was on full display. 2 of 12 for the game, 6 turnovers, but hit the shots when it mattered most. And he ends up finishing with 13 points on 4 of 14 from the floor. Now you're saying, Dave, you just said he was 2 of 12. That's right, because... In the last few minutes, the Andre Curbelo show put everybody in their seats, gave everybody bang for their buck. You got your popcorn and the Lou High product showed you why he was a Big Ten preseason All-American, why he was a super highly rated prospect coming out of high school and why he was one of the most exciting players in the country in his first two years at Illinois. Now, I know a lot of fans have been worried about if he was going to be able to shoot if Andre Curbelo would be able to harness his playmaking ability and not turn the ball over much and I know the frustrating part of his game is the turnovers he makes some of these passes and you're like holy cow what's he thinking but he gives you something that these other teams really don't have and it's something that our team St. John's hasn't had it in a long, long, long time. Andre Curbelo is an elite visionary with the ball. He can get to the basket in very crafty ways. He has confidence in himself to make the big plays. He's a leader, and he has the ice in his veins to hit free throws. Andre Curbelo is a massive, massive reason why we're talking right now on November 23rd, and St. John's is 6-0. So St. John's goes on this insane 20-5 to run to end the half against Temple. And they take a two-point lead after being down for most of the half. And, you know, when I was sitting there in the stands, I I didn't even realize how big of a run it was because I think that it simply wasn't allowed 20-5 to run. And I know that's a little insane to say when you outscore your opponent by 15 points, but it was true. At least that's how it felt in the stands. You know, you're happy to go up by two, especially when you're losing the whole way in the first half. But a 20-5 to run normally means that you're making splashy plays, you're hitting two threes back to back you're forcing a lot of turnovers and that's really what did it st john's defense buckled down and their defense dictated the pace and so it was a tight game even into the second half you know so this is where the roller coaster of this game really took off st john's goes ahead 68 to 61 with four minutes to go zach hicks who I told everybody to watch out for on those corner threes, hits a corner three, and Temple goes ahead 72-70 to with a minute 29 left. But you know what? The grittiness that I talked about early on, 
They found a way, thanks to Andre Corbello, who went on a personal 5-0 run. Montez Mathis had ice in his veins with two free throws at 17 seconds. Soriano made one more for good measure, and St. John's comes out with the win. St. John's stole the ball from Temple 14 times. They turned Temple over 21 times. St. John's defense came to play in Brooklyn on Monday. You heard Kevin and I the other day talk about Montez Mathis. Montez was a huge reason that St. John's wasn't in really deep trouble in this game. 16 points, 7 of 10 from the floor, 4 rebounds, 3 steals. Again, Montez Mathis has been playing his butt off. Coach Anderson went to a shorter bench, 8-man rotation. Pinzon was out with an injury still, dealing with that right ankle. Isaiah Naiwi was available. It was nice to have him back, but uh, he never checked into the game. Omar Stanley, another huge game doing the dirty work. This guy plays his role. He knows what is asked of him, and Omar Stanley was simply the man. His defense was solid, and there wasn't a lull in the paint when Soriano was on the bench. Eight points, three rebounds, a steal, and a block in just 13 minutes for Omar, but he was great. If there was a game ball to give out, he certainly would be one of the guys to get it. One thing I did note in this game was Posh Alexander, while he did have 6.6 rebounds, 6 assists, he seemed frustrated in this game. Now, Temple was really guarding him heavy, was really in his jersey. He was only 2 of 9 from the field. The Posh seemed a little bit frustrated. Uh, I think that it's interesting that we're still trying to watch how he's figuring out how to play with Curbelo. At times, it looks really good, but his offense, I believe, has suffered because he's trying to fit in. And hey, when you're 6-0, and I guess you'll take it. But I'm just curious how he's going to continue to deal with it and how he's going to find his role to try to get his offensive game a little more in tune. 11 of 14 from the free throw line. St. John's was also 3 of 13 from deep. It was their worst shooting night from beyond the arc. 46% from the floor. It was their first game under 50% so far this season so monday comes and goes st john's gets a really really big win that temple team i'm telling you guys is solid i know they lost to richmond on tuesday they looked completely gassed they also looked like they maybe just didn't care a little bit after st john's really made them work a ton but that temple team is talented Khalif battle was a menace 34 minutes he dropped 17 points he was really hitting huge, huge shots. Damian Dunn. Damian Dunn had 11 points. Jamil Reynolds, their big man, was 8-10 from the floor, had 21 points and 8 rebounds. He was a handful to deal with. But St. John's gets it done. It was an impressive, impressive second half. The adjustments were made. St. John's outscored them in the paint, 52-26. to They outscored them on the fast break, 22-7. And you know that's the recipe for success for Mike Anderson teams. David Jones, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals. He continues to do it all. Joel Soriano, another double-double, 15 points, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks, 7 of 10 from the floor. How many more superlatives do you talk about Joel Soriano? Well, hold off because the Syracuse game is coming and we're going to talk about Joel some more. Andre Corbello, I found this interesting. After the game, he said to the media, I had a tough year last year. I doubted myself at times, but coming home, having a great coach, having a great coaching staff, great teammates they encourage me every day they know what i can do they know what i can bring to the table andre corbello and his craftiness his shiftiness and his confidence i'll say it again has been such a key to this saint john's team and he just looks like he is comfortable here and the beneficiary of that is the saint john's red storm and their fans so far 
And now we shift our focus to Tuesday night. Barclays Center, 9.30, the place to be. St. John's versus Syracuse for the 92nd time. St. John's coming off three straight wins against Syracuse. You can add another one to that tally. Make it four. St. John's beats Syracuse 76-69 in overtime to win the Empire City Classic Championship. Here's the first few things I want to say about this game. This was probably the most fun game that I have been to, that I've been able to experience experience in a really really long time i'm talking about years the fact that this happened on the heels of that big temple win made for such an amazing two-day experience for those of you that were in attendance both nights i know you feel me you simply have to be happy for this team they deserve to get the accolades and the praise for the start of this season especially after these two wins the coaching staff deserves it and honestly the fans deserved it too We have been longing for this kind of momentum, this kind of start for so long. And now the building blocks for a successful season are starting to take shape. We've talked about it for a while. This was the first major checkpoint for the season. Two neutral court games against good competition and you got the job done in a way that says a lot about your team moving forward forward so we'll get into that in a few moments let's go to the start of this game it's st john's it's syracuse it's for the championship and the first few minutes started much better than the previous game against temple much better than nebraska and you had a nice little back and forth going uh it was nine eight it was a one point game a two point game and then all of a sudden benny williams and judah mintz took over for syracuse they went on a 10 to 2 run and you're sitting there at the nine minute mark looking up at the score and you're like oh boy here we go again Again, another rough first half. And you have this sour taste in your mouth. I know I did because it's Syracuse. There's fans around you that are wearing orange. It's gross. It's like old times in the Big East. The rivalry is still very much there. And even though this is the first time that St. John's and Syracuse were playing each other in many years, they found themselves down 11. St. John's was down double digits, and they're trying to find a way to stop the bleeding as layups are being missed. It's frustrating, and you're again, you're in this lull and this slow start, and fans are, you know, hands on their heads. I know I was, arms crossed, just frustrated sitting there. Then Curbelo hits this long three that looked like it was from the Queens campus. St. John's eventually manages to claw their way back and is only down 35-29 at the half. And so what does Mike Anderson do? He takes his club into the locker and he has to make adjustments. You know what you were getting into when you signed up to play Syracuse. It's the 2-3 zone and you better find a way to beat it. Syracuse was daring St. John's to shoot that three all night. They took 23 shots from deep. 15 of those were by David Jones. We'll get to that in a second. But St. John's hit seven. You know who hit three of them? Andre Curbelo. You know how many threes he took last night? Three. He was a perfect three of three from deep. And Andre Curbelo, on his way to winning the MVP of the Empire Classic, was absolutely phenomenal once again. So the second half starts. You know, you're sitting there. You're like, all right, we've been a second half team. Let's see what Mike Anderson can do. Can this team do it again? Can the team do it for a third straight game? The second half starts, Syracuse goes up by 10, and you're like, oh man, where is the second half adjustment? Again, just like that, the switch flips. A 14-2 run led by Omar Stanley and David Jones puts St. John's ahead 53-52 with 9.29 to go. St. John's would never trail again. 
It was a back and forth battle. It was close. St. John's got the lead up to as many as five, but eventually Syracuse would tie it. And with 11 seconds to go, Syracuse calls a timeout. They get a shot off, but hounding defense by St. John's and an incredible final possession of defense by St. John's, especially by Joel Soriano, that pressured them into getting a corner look by Samir Torrance. He missed. Joel had played great defense, and you're going into overtime. Again, I have to emphasize the point where those final seconds are so important. And in recent years, St. John's gets called for a foul there. The other team makes that shot. The other team goes to the line. Somebody turns the ball over. I've seen this story so many times, and my goodness, it's so good to not be reading that book anymore. There's a new chapter being written as St. John's goes into overtime And the DePaul transfer, David Jones, shows you why he is one of the best scorers in the Big East. While struggling from the floor, David Jones, when it mattered most, showed you why he is so dangerous. Seven points in overtime to power St. John's to the title. 18 points, 13 rebounds, a double-double with six assists, but he shot it 25 times, only made seven, three of 15 from three. Yikes. He took a few questionable ones at some inopportune times, but man, when it mattered, David Jones was the microwave. I'm going to get that to stick. And St. John's wins 76-69 and sends the Johnny Faithful home happy. Joel Soriano, who finished with a career high. 19 points, shooting 6 of 11 from the field and 7 of 9 from the free throw line. The senior from Yonkers grabbed 14 boards for his NCAA leading fifth double-double of the season. What can you say more about Joel Soriano? How are you not over the moon for this guy? St. John's has a dominant center. How long have we been asking for a dominant center? He's here, number 11. When the final horn went off, Joel yelled to the crowd, this is our city. And man, is a St. John's fan, that has to make you feel good. Andre Corbello, who would go on to win the MVP of the Empire Classic, would not let St. John's lose. He tallied a career best. So that's two players who had their career best performances last night in Brooklyn. Corbello, 23 points, 6 assists, 4 steals. And when you pair that with the 13 points, 4 assists, and 3 steals the night before, Curbelo averaged 18 points, 5 assists, and 3.5 and steals over two games. That MVP trophy is rightfully his. Posh Alexander, who I mentioned didn't have the best game, but did other things really well in the Temple game. Here against Syracuse, he finished with just 7 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, only 1 turnover, and took 1 nasty elbow to the nose that wasn't called for a foul, which was absolutely ridiculous. Posh Alexander on Instagram Live after the game said that he thought he broke his nose, but we're not sure what the deal is there. He has had these stat-stuffing games where he's not necessarily scoring a lot. He still hasn't hit a three this year, and at times does seem like he's not aggressive or trying to get his own offensive game going. A lot of that, you have to assume, is learning how to play with Curbelo on the floor at the same time, but you can't say he's not impacting the game in many different ways. He's still throwing dimes, he's still playing amazing defense, and against Syracuse, that's what the game plan was. Posh Alexander was a menace on defense, 
After highly touted freshman four-star Judah Mintz for Syracuse scored 16 points in the first half, Coach Anderson moved Posh on him, and Judah only scored four points the rest of the way. Also, major kudos to Montez Mathis and Dylan Daiwusu, who together only had five points, but man, did they contribute on defense. They limited Syracuse's Joe Girard to just four points, on one of 10 shooting, and St. John's held Syracuse to just three of 16 from deep. Posh was also on Gerard, so man, the three of them were able to hold Joe Gerard, who was coming into the game averaging over 20 points per game, to a handful. Just major, major credit to Coach Anderson and the staff for that adjustment. Again, halftime adjustments. These are the things that were done. These are the things that were worked on, and it worked. The team was jubilant, as you could expect, hoisting the trophy. And at one point, while everybody was center court and around the trophy, Joel Soriano embraced Isaiah Naiwi, who, as we know now, recently tragically lost his younger brother. And you could see Isaiah Naiwi start to break down, and the team just hugged him. And it was absolutely beautiful. This team is so together. I've said that a few times now. You've heard me say that over the course of this year so far. I spoke to somebody close to the team today who continues to emphasize the importance of that summer trip to the Dominican Republic and how it brought this team close together. They said going to see David Jones's family and where they grew up had a lasting effect on the entire team. This team has a sense of gratitude, thankfulness, and opportunity to do what they love. You see how close this team is. And again, I think a lot of that is evident in the bonding experience that they had over there that started all of this. They were able to get those 10 practices in. They were able to get those three extra games in. This team is fighting for each other. This team isn't just relying on one guy or two guys. This is a balanced effort. And you know what? It takes a village to be a successful basketball team. And in this case, that village is these 13 guys right now who wear red and white in Queens. Some really interesting things to note from this game. 71% from the line for St. John's, 30% from three. Two numbers that are down from their averages in the last few games. 16 turnovers. Again, not a number you like to see. You want to get that down. But St. John's did have eight steals and turned Syracuse over 14 times. One other huge thing. This rotation was shrunk again. David Jones played 45 minutes. Joel Soriano, 37 minutes. Posh Alexander, 44 minutes. Andre Curbelo, 40 minutes. Mathis, 30 minutes. Wusu, 19 minutes. And then just Store, Stanley, and Naiwi played less than six minutes each. As you could see, Mike Anderson shrunk that bench and went with the guys that were getting it done. And again, his decision-making paid off. One thing I want to credit Coach Mike Anderson for, and... Yes, it is the second half adjustments, but you know, we've said Mike Anderson's teams usually get better the longer that they play together. So usually at the end of the season, but right now this team is playing really, really well. The continuity that's in place with the eight guys who returned, Mike acknowledged that a lot of his teams have been second half teams this year. It seems like not only have they been able to adjust really well, but their defense has picked up the pace in second halves and they have gassed out their opponents a bit. And they've created a lot more mistakes from their opponents. And they've been capitalizing on that in the second half. And, you know, as Mike Anderson has said, you would much rather be a second half team than you are a first half team because you win in the second half when the clock hits zero. 
The atmosphere after the game was simply electric. If you were in the building, you were on cloud nine. Everybody was cheering loud. Everybody was so excited. As you were walking out of Barclays Center, the let's go Johnny's chants were raining. Everyone was happy. It was an unbelievable scene outside of the Barclays Center. As you were headed into the train in Atlantic Terminal, the fans were still chanting. Everyone was so excited. This is the feeling that you as a fan have been dying for for so long. St. John's is 6-0. and You have taken care of business. You have done everything that is asked of you. There's not a blemish on your record, and you have been playing some really strong basketball. It's funny, after the game... Me and a bunch of Johnny fans are on LIRR car 7723. Everyone's talking about the game. Syracuse fans are even giving St. John's credit. It was a kumbaya moment. There were plans being made to go to Iowa for the Iowa State game. It makes getting home at 2 o'clock in the morning a lot easier when you win the game. And man, oh man, if you were able to fall right asleep after that game i don't know you need to you need to check yourself because i was wired it was incredible what a night what an atmosphere and now everybody can have some turkey spend some time with their family and it's back to business on november 26th on saturday at 2 p.m against niagara quick turnaround after that on tuesday against liu and then it's the big east big 12 battle as say john's goes on the road for real December 4th to Ames, Iowa against Iowa State. Johnny fans, I know going to the Barclays Center was easy playing Temple and playing Syracuse. Some marquee names. You want to be there. You want to be in the building for that. But you know what? The momentum can't stop now. You guys got to show up. I know it's a holiday weekend, but you got to show up. November 26th, it's Niagara. November 29th against LIU. The St. John's team needs your support. Let's be loud. Let's pack Carneseca Arena as we get ready for Sunday, December 4th at Iowa State. The Big East, Big 12 in Ames, Iowa. But right now, we still got a lot to do. Let's get two more wins on Saturday and Tuesday and continue this run of this really strong start, this awesome season. I'm jacked up. What an amazing two games in Brooklyn. St. John's is your Empire City champions. 6-0. and oh. Let's go, Johnny's. An amazing 48-hour stretch in Red Storm Nation. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm jacked up. I hope you are too. This season is shaping up the way that we have hoped for it. Let's hope it continues. Everybody, let's come out to Carneseca, support these guys, and I will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!